Welcome to the Parables of Plant Medicine. On this season, season three of the podcast, we are going to get wide and deep on plant medicine experiences that devolve and evolve around metaphysics, the realms of the energetic reality, the power of gratitude, and shared spiritual and psychedelic experiences. This season is also an important one to me and a special one to me as it is dedicated to my grandma who gave us 106 years of wisdom, love, and compassion. Thank you for being incredible, Grandma. You will be forever missed. Jeff Wilson here with Laura Waite. Laura, I'm so excited to have you uh, on the podcast on season three of the Parables of Plant Medicine because you were there for my first ayahuasca experience um, with the Yawanawa tribe. And uh, and uh, those experiences are pretty incredible. But before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about uh, you, who you are, and what you do. And uh, a little bit more about your path, what draw you, what drew you to plant medicine. Thank you, Jeff. It's such an honor to be here, and I'm really grateful that you reached out to have us share today. It really is such an honor and a privilege. And our weekend together with the Yawanana tribe was also my first time sitting with ayahuasca, wow. and it was so powerful and so potent. But of course, there were a lot of things that led up to that experience. Mm. So right now I live in Samra, which is here in Costa Rica on the coast, on the West Coast. And I have a small little business called Mandala. And I am a massage therapist, a light worker, a yoga teacher, a color therapist, and an intuitive and a guide. Nice. And so I teach yoga classes and I do healing sessions. I'm also a mom. I have two amazing little kids, nine and seven, <laughs> and we've been living here for over 10 years now. 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I've been coming for 12 years uh, to this area here. Um, my mom moved here 12 years ago. Now she's in the winter of her life. I realized during COVID, I spent about nine months here and I was like, oh, mom's all alone. She's 80 and she needs a lot of help. And I'm going to build a second floor in the house and build other stuff here, make sure it's a lot uh, easier for her. So that's sort of similar timeframes, but you've been here for 10 years. Amazing. Um, yeah, going on 11, actually. And I first <laughs> came to Samra 15 years ago. So there's a long history here. Wow. Just before we get into it, why Samra? I, I've, I've only been to Samra a couple of times and I, I absolutely understand it. It is a different type of uh, beauty in that in that area of the jungle that I, that is unlike sort of where I'm at, but what drew, what drew you to summer? In 2007, I made a career change and I came down here for the massage school. There's a massage school here in Samara called the Costa Rica school of massage. Cool. And that's what landed me here. And I went through the program left for five years, came back to visit and it just, it stuck. Is the massage similar to what we would have been taught back in North America or? Yes. So the school is owned by 
people in the United States. It's changed owners since I was there, but yeah, it's absolutely accredited with the United States. Very cool. Um, but there's more to that story because oh, I love it. <laughs> there's, there's a romantic piece as so many of us come down here and, um, you know, meet people and fall in love and all that. So the father of my children is actually from Samra. And we first met when I was in massage school and then reconnected five years later. And then I moved here to experiment with it and bing, bam, boom, we have two children. And here it is almost on my 11th year. Fantastic. Yeah. For, for love or money, that's where we move, why we make these big moves. <laughs> right. And uh, a lot of times every single time, even though it can be difficult at times and there are moments of struggle that define us, it sounds like uh, they're part of the path that we're supposed to be on. And and I saw that the moment I met you in uh, at home and I was like, Oh, this girl is uh, lighter, brighter, and she's doing some stuff. She's working on herself. And uh, she's also somebody that I should have on the show. I so appreciate that. And I felt an instant connection with you when we were all sitting by the campfire that first night, probably anticipating what the night's going to be, but just grounding with the fire and, and getting to know each other a little bit. And it felt very comfortable and natural with you. So thank you. Mm. What started your experience into plant medicine? In truth. Okay. I've, you know, I've been in this world for a while with um, helping clients to, to heal and to transform as well as my own self. And so plant medicine I've known about forever, but I never felt a direct call. In fact, if I'm being completely honest, I may have even judged it thinking, <laughs> well, you've already, you know, I've already done enough spiritual work or I don't know, this seems a little cultish or, you know, who are these people? You know, the typical judgments. I didn't want to throw up all night, all of that. <laughs> but after COVID, it was happening already a little bit before COVID, but after COVID, we had such an influx of people coming to this area who wanted to do deep healing. And yes, we're doing the yoga, we're doing the massage and breath work and all these other things, but we're, we're looking for more. And a lot of clients ended up on my table for healing sessions that were on the plant medicine journey and mm. where I was able to travel with them in my sessions was so profound. And I was able to explore so many different realms that it really intrigued me at a different level. So it had been knocking on my door for a long time, a very long time. Can you give me an example of, of what that means? Uh, travel and realms. Is that during a massage where you're noticing something? Yeah. Or? yeah. Okay. So I'm a light worker mm -hmm. and I work most closely with the angelic field, mm -hmm. but in the last few years, I've been stretched to um, start expanding my gifts. And so depending on what the client's needs are and what's going to be appropriate for their healing that day. And trust me, I just step out of the way and channel. It's not me. It's not me directing mm -hmm. where this is going to go. It's me trusting a higher source and also the guides of the client in order to take us where we need to go for the healing session. And a couple years ago, more like three years ago, I started working with Archangel Metatron. Mm. So I was already working with the Archangels, but then Metatron came into my life and was like, all right, it's time. We got to make some changes and we have to heal. So for a long time, I was healing with Metatron for myself, but then I was um, asked to start incorporating it into my work. And I actually did a couple of trainings 
um, with a YouTuber named Amanda Ellis. And I went through her trainings to get to know more about the angelic realm, but with Metatron, you also are asked to expand into your ancestors. You expand into spirit animals. You expand into the galactics and the elements as well, right? So earth, wind, fire, space, all these elements that help us to, um, to be here and live here in this earthly experience, even though we're, we're spiritual beings. That's really amazing. So we're talking about this angelic work and this channeling process, and this is all before, uh, psychedelics is all before plant medicine specifically, correct? Yes, exactly. Yes. I've been on this journey for a really long time. I studied with a practitioner um, named Kent Ewing in California when I used to live in California. Um, Because what happened, Jeff, is after I came to Costa Rica for massage school, I went back to California and, you know, was working for about a year. All of a sudden, I think it was the turn of 2009, the very beginning of 2009, a beacon of light opened up within me and I actually started getting attacked by dark forces to, to just put it out there, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Oh, and so how, I, yeah, let's talk about that moment specifically. Is it, uh, when were you, it's weird. I have this impression of you driving and that happened, but I don't think that's <laughs> hopefully not. Um, <laughs> but tell me exactly what do you mean by beacon of light? And then, mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it mostly would happen in dream state, Mm. but um, where I was living, it almost felt like I was living in some sort of train station and there was so much energy passing through, getting on, getting off. And the dark force, if you will, wanted to live or feed off the light that I was exuding that I would actually hear them coming from far away before I would even physically feel them in the room. Mm. But they would come in and enter my body and try to suck out my soul and really scare the shit out of me. (laughs) That's interesting. Um, And this happened for months. And I reached out to people in my yoga community. I couldn't find any assistance, you know, certainly support and love always, but I couldn't really find somebody who could help me guide, be guided through this and how to protect myself. And I, it actually took my higher self to rise up out of my body. I, I remember it so distinctly. I might, my small self, if you will, my ego self was coiled at the bottom, hanging <laughs> almost like my higher self was an umbrella and the the small self is just hanging by one of the toes uh, to this beautiful umbrella. But it was this divine angelic being that had beautiful wings, white light, and casted away these dark forces with the light coming out of Um, Well, I guess it's me, but I'll say her eyes and hands and heart. And that's when I started to really be able to protect myself on my own, but I still needed assistance. And it was then that I met Kent, the teacher I was speaking about earlier in California. And he and I worked together for many years and he taught me how to protect myself. Not necessarily through like, it's not like Harry Potter where I'm like getting, (laughs) you know, I'm getting a lesson plan on how to protect myself. It was really an exchange of energy. We would meet and we would trade our work every week. And through that, we got specific downloads, if you will. Mm. And 
and healed and close any of those gaps that were allowing any dark forces in. I, I love this conversation and uh, I thought this conversation would go this way and we've taken a complete positive left turn for this exact reason. <laughs> I How it always happens, right? You don't know what you're supposed to be talking about until you have the conversation. Um, did your experience in that train station when you could feel them coming after you also um, look like a night terror when you're sleeping? The reason I ask that is because I... Uh, I, I've had night terrors my whole life uh, about aliens coming to grab me or um, or what they might be demons. And and so um, my defense when I can feel that darkness coming to me is is I, I can't move my physical body and then I'll start to growl like and and get ready to fight. And, and that has some sort of uh, effect, uh, but it also has an effect on the person lying beside me. <laughs> so, so, uh, so there, I could wake up, wake up. Oh my God, why are you growling like that? Um, and uh, and I find it interesting because I think when we say dream state, uh, it may be that that's a layered answer of it's not always the dream state that everyone else would relate to. But talk to me a little bit more about that because that's something that hasn't happened to me in a while and it just happened to me again um, about a month ago. So loud I was fighting that um, my mom, who's in a completely other room, like came into my room and said she wouldn't even touch me because of the of what how badly I was fighting. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so it was a really interesting moment, but it hasn't happened really since. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I relate to this in a way that I didn't expect to. The way you speak about it and terror that you clearly experience certainly resonates and, and feels very parallel to the terror that I experienced. Mm -hmm. Did I have an actual physical reaction or any sort of outburst that anybody else would hear or experience. No. Mm -hmm. And very, you know, it was very smart of you also to say, or very intelligent of you to say about how, when we do speak of dream state, it's not even necessarily dream state because it definitely was a very real experience. It wasn't something I was dreaming and it wasn't even, I can't even call it a lucid dream because when you have a lucid dream, you're basically awake in the dream. You're the observer and you can kind of direct what happens. Mm -hmm. This was a very physical experience for me, but in another dimensional reality. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, you meet, sorry, Kent? Kent. Yeah. Kent. Yeah. Go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we worked together for several years, trading our work. And uh, he's a powerful energy worker, powerful body worker, light worker, all of that does something completely different than what I do, but was very impactful on my journey. And he really helped me to heal and helped me to learn how to protect myself. And, you know, things would still show up. There would still be lessons, mo mostly again in that dream state that seemed to be where I was most vulnerable and not protected. I want to call it more of like an astral plane, if you will. Mm. And, um, I mean, I remember laying, you know, crashing on my friend's couch and having this spirit come through that was like a gypsy. And she, as if I was a bag for her to rifle through, she was going through my body, almost looking for treasure. I was like, get out of here, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and going back to, you know, Harry Potter, you know, there's a lot of parallels in Harry Potter. I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but, um, there's a lot of different things, the way that they describe, um, Oh, what are they called? Those, um, it's, it's been a while since I've revisited the movies, but basically the dark, um, 
forces or figures that come and would suck the life force energy out of you. That was exactly what my experience was that I was describing back in 2009 when I was getting attacked. Mm. And actually I have more to say about Harry Potter, but we're not there yet because it ties <laughs> into the plant medicine experience. Nice. But you know, there's also been times where I've literally had witches flying on brooms attacking me. And I've had a shaman come in within that astral plane and say, Hey, you gotta, you gotta watch out. You gotta take care of yourself better. (laughs) And so it's been quite a journey for me. I even had experience here in Costa Rica long after I felt very protected and had done the work. And it just showed to me, because as we keep growing, as we keep expanding, there's different levels and there's different ways you need to learn how to keep protecting yourself. I uh, love it. And I, I imagine I, I can already see another conversation we need to have outside of this podcast that I'd love to have, <laughs> Laura. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, it certainly uh, makes uh, for a great, uh, great listening. Um, so you're, you're at this and we're not even talking about plant medicine yet. We're just talking about light work. We're talking about, you know, different side, different levels of reality and how to protect yourself in that area. Um, Where do you want to go from here? Hey listeners, Pia here. So I worked with Jeff Wilson to write his book, Evolve the Parables of Plant Medicine. If you've been feeling a little lost lately and haven't looked into the magical world of plant medicine yet, here is your sign to discover the depths of their power. Read Jeff's book to learn more about his journey to healing and transformation and how you can get started. I highly recommend this book. Just search Amazon for Evolve, The Parables of Plant Medicine to get your copy. And if you would like to write a book, you can go to my website at www.piaedberg.com. Let's circle back to the plant medicine. Let's do it. Yeah. So I was inspired by the clients that I had on my table and my friend, Donna, um, she wasn't in ceremony with us, but she's, you know, been in the plant medicine world for a while. She was hosting a couple of elders from, um, Columbia. It was, uh, Abuela Floro and Mama Ja. I'm just going to say Mama Ja because forgive me, I can't say her full name, but they Mm. are wonderful, wonderful human beings. And I signed up for something very, very simple. I signed up for a a womb healing. I didn't even know exactly what that was, but it actually wasn't going to be tied in with any plant medicine. I was just going for healing and to connect with this wonderful woman. And the moment that I showed up at Donna's house, I actually met Abuelo Floro first because um, his wife was already in session with somebody else. And I stopped in my tracks because the light shining from this man's eyes hit my heart so hard. And I could see that there was something within him that I was going to open within myself and remember within myself. And he came in for the biggest hug and I'm getting chills saying this and my heart exploded and I pulled back and I looked him in the eyes as I'm, I'm still hugging him. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Come on back. Come on back. And I squeeze him that much tighter. And the tears just pour from my eyes because Mm. I knew, I knew in that moment that I was meant to, to work with these people. And I had an incredible experience with, um, 
Mama Ja, I hope I'm saying her name right, but that's mm. the nickname I'm giving her in this moment for this session. And, um, and then it piqued my interest to go and sit with them in ceremony for with Yahe. And I went up to La Senda about a month later, right around my birthday in April. And for two nights, I sat in that beautiful cactus labyrinth. Oh, La Senda. I've heard it's amazing. I haven't it's been so yet. beautiful underneath the stars and they're, they're known to serve more gentle medicine. So I was really grateful that I started with them. Mm -hmm. because it, it prepared me for the journey I was going to embark on, which um, continued from that point on, because in second night in ceremony, I had this toad appear with these bright white sparkling spots. And it, the message was very simple. Bufo will help you heal. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, Bufo. Great. Don't know much about it, but I've heard about it. Who do I know who serves this? Okay. Yeah. My friends, Karina and Nico, I'll reach out to them mm -hmm. before you know it. I'm sitting with them with the bufo maybe a month later two months later and so let me pull it back let me pull it back a second here because bufo yeah, yeah, to me ahead, I, haven't, I haven't done bufo yet and it and it is one of those things where it still scares me right so it's sort of like i started with uh campbell and and i think there's a process for most people right campbell purification you know 45 minute session and then i went into golden teacher mushrooms and then i went into chenga dmt uh with mushrooms and then uh and then i moved uh and i did those a bunch of times just to that they were comfortable and then and then when i did um angel's story uh god's hospital and and her stuff she invited me to to sit with the yellow tribe in in there and and so i i wasn't i was scared to do ayahuasca as well um <laughs> just a big frady cat that i am and uh and had a, had a very interesting experience on that way but bufo to me because i've always heard people are like oh yeah you die and then you come back and you realize the world's love or this and that and to me did you have that same experience when you when you you see a frog that these white spots are, are will help you heal? Are you afraid or are you more let's do it because of this? I was like, let's do it because I had no freaking clue about anything about. <laughs> <laughs> so I went into it naively and blindly mm. and I'm going to continue with that. But first, I just got to plug this in. Dementors. Those are what they called in Harry Potter. Those dark forces that would suck out the soul. Sorry, that was so Dementors. bothering me. And I had to put that back in. No but problem. back to the bufo. Yeah, um, because I already knew Karina and she knew the path I was already walking, they they did agree for me to just come and do the Bufo because they also have a set program. They like you to do the ice bath. They like you to do the combo mm -hmm. and then go into the Bufo because they want you to feel fully prepared for it. And mm -hmm. so I had a lighter Bufo experience that first time mm -hmm. because I needed to trust the medicine. I needed to trust myself and just explore it for what it was. In fact, I even admitted to them later, but they, of course, intuitively felt this and 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 honored it, I kind of pushed them away that first time from helping me. I had to do it for myself. Mm. So they were like, Hey, Laura, you know what? We really want to see you again. We want you to come back for the combo ice bath. So we made an arrangement. I came back, did the ice bath, did the combo. And then I felt called to go to the Yawiana tribe and yes. drink ayahuasca. And I was on the fence because I was like, oh, you know, the typical stories of, do I want to spend the money? You know, earthly, earthly matters. Yep. Do I have the time? Do I want to live the kids, leave the kids, you know, et cetera. Yep. And um, I went to a friend invited me to a group healing Reiki session. Actually, she was doing some sort of training 
And in that Reiki session, I heard a very clear message. You are supposed to be there this weekend. Mm. So I called up Angel and I was like, okay, I got the hit. I'm supposed to be there. She's like, Laura, it's sold out. Mm. I was like, no. All right. Put me on the wait list. Two days later, she calls me, Laura, we got a night open for you. The next morning she calls me, Laura, the second night opened up for you. You're in. Wow. And um, so I went for the ayahuasca. And then after ayahuasca, I went back to the bufo, And that was a whole different experience. But where do we want to go next? Tell, tell me about your first bufo experience, I guess. My first bufo experience was was very gentle compared to my second one. Mm. And that's what I love about the medicine is the medicine is so wise. It's going to give you what you need. Mm. And, um, and yes, sometimes our small self does get in the way and the medicine all is the gentle. <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. the time. Very well said, but I love the medicine because it knows what you're ready for. And so there are moments when I felt like the medicine nurtured that, that smaller self, that wounded self and, and accommodated it a bit. But then there were other times where it was like, no, no, you're ready now. And, you know, you get kind of smacked over the head a bit, but But in a good way, in a good way. So my first Bufu experience was very meditative. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not pass out. I, I apparently a lot of people do. And I was, I felt very connected to nature. I could see the raindrops falling and I had two stones in my hand and they were floating in the air. Mm. I got a lot of tribal imagery about another time in life where I um, was in a Native American tribe. Mm. And okay, I did not go in with this intention at all, but there was a love story there. And it was so beautiful, but it was also very haunting because I witnessed my beloved get shot by an arrow and killed. And I got this message of uh, we're supposed to reconnect in this lifetime. So what I didn't mention before is that my uh, the father, my children and I, we are no longer together. So that love story did not work out, but we're still very good friends. Mm -hmm. And he actually came through a lot in my um, ayahuasca ceremony. But going back to the bufo, it, it was just such a a warming experience and I was as I said told that we would reconnect in this lifetime and that we hadn't been able to find each other before so that was really intriguing I also got the hit that my lessons in Samara were over and that I needed to go home to my tribe which really confused me because my grandmother was very present um, at that time she's you know already on the other side and so she was very family oriented. So I didn't know what did that mean? Am I supposed to go back to the States? Am I supposed to reconnect with my tribe as in my family? Um, and and so I, I admit it, it threw me off a bit. I was a little disoriented for a few months here in Samara because I didn't know, I didn't know how to translate that information. And so I had this incredibly heart opening experience, but I couldn't ground it. I, I didn't know what to do with it. But again, when I went to drink the ayahuasca, it all came to fruition. It all came together. I made sense of it. And so I was so grateful because each experience that I've had over the last five, six months from, you know, the womb healing in March all the way to my last bufo in September, they all linked together like a beautiful mala. It was just every single bead was threaded perfectly for this fuller experience.
I, I love the description of that and uh, to talk to you about um, love stories um, throughout uh, thousands of years. Uh, if you listen to Chastity and Iris Love Story um, in uh, uh, in Electric Fingers in season two, I don't mention this, but I was in Calgary, Alberta one time and I woke up in the morning, it's having a shower and I just, I, I had this vision in my mind um and and i called her up and i was crying and i was just like i'm so sorry i didn't save you and and i saw her burning at the stake as a witch in the 1800s or whenever it was 1700s and i was i was up um i can't even say the words hopeless to help in that moment and she's like i forgave you a long time ago for that and uh so this crazy moment when you're talking about seeing um your love get hit by the arrow i saw it too and it affected me in such a way i was like what the hell i'm trying to go do work and i'm sitting there in the shower in this in 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 calgary and i'm like oh what's going on and then she immediately knows of it and uh and so yeah another interesting um connection around love stories and and powerful moments and um and the beautiful thing is i i imagine are you with that person now in some way shape or form no no do you know who they are no <laughs> it's still a mystery to be continued <laughs> well uh interesting well we might have to do a uh a, a session two when that happens so talk to me about um your experience with ayahuasca and the yawanoa tribe uh, which i was a part of as well oh oh <laughs> i mean that was a game changer for me it 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 was like However many lifetimes I've been here, built up to that moment, it was as if my soul had been working so diligently to get me to that first night of the ayahuasca. And I actually did receive a lot of information around that too. Um, when we took the first cup, I think that was the night. No, no, the, the second night was when they served the gentle cup. When we took the first cup, I, ex <laughs> things were accelerated to such a degree that I ascended at such a rapid rate. It was honestly overwhelming. And I remember sitting there rising up to what I describe as a Buddha state. And it actually felt quite dense, even though it was so elevated, only because the density was representing vastness. It wasn't density in the way we would think of heaviness on Earth, but it was just so vast. I was instantly humbled and I almost felt like I was sitting in as a Buddha statue right there on the mat. And they called us to go join that circle that first night. And I was like, I how am I going to move? <laughs> but Anne, who I've, I knew she, she was the translator for the tribe and I've actually already knew her. And so she came up to me and she's like, would you like to join the circle? And I was like, I'm hearing yes, that I can, but would you walk me there? <laughs> so she, <laughs> so she did. So weird. Uh, she, just to, inter just sort of to, in to interject, um, Angel did the same to me. I was sitting down there the first day and I was okay. I had a really gentle experience, whereas 
I think Mama Aya got um, bored with me because I was so scared. I was like, before we get going, can I tell you all the reasons I'm grateful for my life and all the people I'm grateful for my life? And I was going over and over and over again. And she's coming closer and closer and closer right out of the jungle. And then she just sort of smiles and then disappears. And I'm like, oh, she just got bored. Or she's like, and then she's like, I'll see you tomorrow night kind of thing, right? And the next night was ridiculous. And I couldn't move for six hours the next night. So it was uh, it was more interesting that way. So we were both dancing in the circle together, I imagine that. Well, just to speak really quick on what you just shared, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about how the medicine can be very sweet with you. Mm-hmm. And it can also knock you on your ass, depending on what you're ready for. It's so intelligent. But yeah, so I did make it to the circle and Anne left me with some other sisters, if you will. And at that point, I ascended so much more quickly. And that's why I call the circle a portal. Mm. And I was seeing a crazy amount of mandalas. And I remember distinctly having so much fear saying, it's too fast, I'm ascending too fast. It's too (laughs) fast, it's too fast, it's too fast. And there was an entity standing behind me, and I don't know if it represented fear or if it was a some other lesson, I have no idea. But I remember being angry at that entity and saying, you're not getting in this circle because I had a unfortunate incident here in Samara a few years back, more than a few years now, with a woman who was practicing black magic. And she, and I were friendly in the beginning and I left for a while to the States came back and her energy had shifted and I couldn't pinpoint why. And she came to me again in that astral plane in that dream state, however you want to describe it. And I remember meeting her there and knowing she was a friend, but not fully trusting her, but deciding to open the door to check out if I could trust her. And that was a huge mistake because the moment I opened that door, I learned she was working on the other side and all a whole flood of dark forces came in. And in this, this astral plane, if you will, I was a spaceship and they came in and unplugged the whole left side of my brain, my spaceship, my brain, whatever you want to say. And I was so pissed after that. I called Kent, you know, this was years <laughs> after I'd moved out. I was like, Kent, what the frick, you know, like... I wasn't ready for that and I, I didn't feel protected. And he's like, just don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. And I, and I couldn't hold it back. So I did say it out loud, unfortunately. But, you know, this is all part of the process. And the, and the angels and whoever else did come through the next nights and they, re, they put me back together and they did um, healing to me, a little surgery, if you will, in the night. Mm. And so that was good. So when I had this entity show up behind me when we're in this circle, I was like, no, you're not getting in. And there was a piece of me that felt really sad because I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Am I supposed to invite this entity in so that they can be part of this love and light and allow the medicine and that light to take care of this, this entity? Or am I protecting this portal? Because going back to Harry Potter, here it comes again. Mm. They had this skill where they could evaporate and usually they would need an object, but that object would allow them to time travel or to be transported to another place. But if a dark force was, was clinging to you, that dark force would also go to that other place and it could be very dangerous. And so that's where I was sitting in that moment. I, my compassionate self wanted to be like, yes, come join us. But 
knowing how much I've had to protect myself over the years in many different dimensional planes in that moment, I chose, no, you're not getting in. And I would do what I would love to talk to the shamans about that. Cause I could use some direction on that if it were to show up in the future. Cause I did have an entity show up with the Yahe as well, but it was a much more soft experience. And after that, I almost threw up in the circle because I was ascending so quickly and the fear was rising up and I was so stubborn. I wouldn't leave the circle to the point where the throw up was almost coming out of my mouth. And I ran out of the circle and I threw up (laughs) outside the Maloka didn't quite make it to the bathroom or anything or to my bucket. And it felt so good. Oh, that was you. I remember that (laughs) moment. I was like, who, who's outside? Yeah. really or are you just yeah. saying that? no no I, I remember i was like oh on. someone's outside uh, they moved away <laughs> from their bed and went all the way outside i hope they're okay yeah, yeah. well that was me and i but i'm sure maybe there were other people too but then i sat back on my mat and i traveled to infinity and beyond and from that point on it was a freaking parade it was a party it was amazing mm. and i got such a distinct message of your purpose in this life was to show up tonight. You've cleared your entire bloodline. You've cleared all your past lives. You've fulfilled your purpose. Now, the only thing you need to do is to be of service and have fun. What a weight off one's shoulders. The late, great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? If you are called to service and feel like you need more tools for the situations that are showing up in your life, consider the 30-week Be True to You coaching course. It changed my life and it's helped me to help others. The links are located in the podcast body. I highly recommend taking a look at them and joining us on this journey. Thanks again for listening to the Parables of Plant Medicine. Wow. So just repeat that again about being at the Yawanawa tribe and, and, getting that message saying that you uh that was the only thing or the thing that you needed to do there that cleaned everything again or cleared everything yeah it was really beautiful to hear that message it just it took the weight off of me you know just to hear okay your life purpose is fulfilled just showing up here tonight was enough um bloodline cleared past lives cleared and you know the thing with past lives is I I recognize that, um, some people believe in it. Some people don't, I know I've come here for past lives. That doesn't mean everybody else has, but what I also resonate with is that if we are multidimensional beings, and if we are living out in parallel realities, different versions of ourselves, if one version of us, if one piece of us reaches an enlightened state like that, it zaps the rest of your lives. Like all the past lives cease to exist. The karmic game is over. Okay. Now I can't say as I'm sitting here now in this, you know, 
<laughs> my day-to-day reality after this medicine journey is now past now what it's been two months mm. that um that I don't doubt that sometimes but it came through so powerful powerfully that night and I I keep coming back to it as a remembrance and as a reminder and in my heart I know that to be true in whatever capacity it it means. I can't fully describe what that means to me or what that would mean to anybody else, but it had definitely um, a potent effect on me. And it wasn't just that the medicine showed me so much. Um, She showed me that I don't just work with the angels, but that I am on the angelic team. So really Mm. own that. And they even were calling me Lily. They kept saying, you are Lily, you transmute with air. And so anytime a dark energy would come in during ceremony, because let's be honest, you have to go through the tunnel of darkness to get to the light. I don't know if there's another way. I don't know if after many times of doing this, you know, you can bypass that. But at least for me, I always had to go through some sort of tunnel of darkness to get to the light. But that first night, because it was moving so quickly, the energy was so accelerated. I was able to transmute that negative energy, which, which is that just a moment of breath with a, a moment of space. It was incredible. With a moment and, of breath, you were able to transmute the energy. I just want yeah. to make sure you hear your own words because <laughs> that's a very powerful thing to say and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, with a moment of breath, you were able to transmute the energy. Yeah, it was fantastic. And the medicine even said, you don't even have to come back tomorrow. But of course I did. And I'm so grateful I did because the second night I went home, I went fully home back to remembrance and I thank the tribe and I thank their music Mm. and whatever prayer and intention they're putting into their medicine because I, both nights, um, Kimmy, who was one of the the shaman's assistants, she came both nights. And that second night, she played a significant role and essentially turned into my spirit guide uh, in the form of an eagle. And she got me on my feet. Well, first she cleared out some dark energy that was bogging me down, if you will. And then she got me to my feet and she walked me to the circle that second night. And something magical happened there because as we joined arms and we were moving and dancing in that circle to that beautiful music, there was a remembrance that occurred that was even physical for me in the way we were stomping our feet. Mm. And it was like, don't you remember? Don't you remember, Lord? Don't you remember, Lily? Don't you remember who you are? Come on, come back, come back, come back to us. And there were people in the group I felt like maybe they were holding me up a little bit and then it would switch around. And then maybe I was holding up others a little bit and being that pillar of strength. And I felt so supported by the group, by the tribe. And what I love about this tribe is it doesn't have to be all about suffering. Yes. Of course, you're going to have those dark moments. You're going to have to go through those tunnels, but you can also transmute by getting on your feet and dancing and listening to the music and letting that clear it for you. And when I went back to that full remembrance, that's when I was like, and there it is. This is it. I broke through. This is what I've been working for for so many lifetimes. Thank you. Here it is. Amazing. Yeah.
Yeah. So I, I remember I remember being in the circle the first night. I didn't go in the second night. I was stuck in in and and uh, I remember a Jacob was beside me and everybody's around and we we're running around and the stomping is very powerful and and for me I I was being very uh well, as as an observer but I was engaged and and I was kind of like okay, I didn't want to go too crazy. I didn't want to be swept away by the moment. But it's it was impossible not to be somewhat swept away by the moment. As I looked around, it's funny that you say that angelic process because I remember sitting there, stomping their feet in the first night, walking around and and dancing around, and kind of giggling and looking over, and and I couldn't find anybody in that circle that I didn't look at, even the guys. I was like, I was absolutely in love with everybody, and everyone looked like their own version of an angel, right? Um, and, uh, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience with the exception of Dane, who I'm going to have on the podcast soon, because I've talked to him already. And we had an amazing conversation about his first night, which he was kind of having trouble and his second night where he came back to where he needed to, um, if you remember that moment, right. Oh yeah. I think we all remember Dane. <laughs> what an amazing soul. Yeah. yeah. He definitely lit up the room that first night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, Laura, it's if anybody, okay. yeah. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing your experience here. This was layered at levels I didn't expect. And I'm absolutely um, honored and feel privileged to be able to share your story with other people. If uh, other people wanted to get a hold of you or talk to you about the work that they need to do, what's the best way for them to do that? So my website is mandalacr.com. So M-A-N-D-A-L-A-C-R.com. All my info is there. I'm in Samara. And I just wanted to speak to what you just said, because that's what I was about to lead to. And you took the words out of my mouth because we're all so connected. But the most beautiful thing, probably, that the medicine showed me both nights was that unit unity consciousness, just how unified we all are as brothers and sisters, not only that, but with, of course, all the elements and all the animals, the second night I had a huge journey with different spirit animals. It was just fantastic. And yes, I had to go deep, dark into that underworld at some point, because I don't know about you, but I went for that third cup of medicine thinking I would keep riding that high. And whoa, I know back into the tunnel of darkness, I had to go. I did but, one cup and I couldn't move for six hours. And I was screaming oh, in my yeah. head. I was like, oh. stop. Like, and then I realized, oh, they're just trying to heal you. You're the one that's in your own way. And then I could get up and move and go to the bathroom. That's when I sat outside after. So it was, it was, it was a very egocentric, um, get out of your own way conversation. And once you do that, then you can start. So lots of work for me to do, Laura. But uh, yeah, well, absolutely. Listen, I was, I was throwing up to the toads <laughs> by the end. They were, I was speaking their language. They were calling me. They were like, just give it to us, give it to us. Which is what brought me back to do the ice bath combo bufo after my ayahuasca. I thought I was going to be done for a while, but two weeks later I was back there doing the medicine and I went all the way back home again with, um, Karina and Nico, uh, with the bufo experience. And it was just epic and such a beautiful closure to the full six month experience that I was walking. 
So it was just, yeah, it was epic. And thank you so much for inviting me into this conversation to keep remembering the beauty of the medicine and to keep sharing that with others, to inspire them to, to go and have their own experiences and wake up to their remembrance. To them to wake up to their remembrance, their, their own reality, the things that were like, who are we really? Uh, we're really starting to figure that out right now. And it sounds like you're uh, well on your way as I continue to step up the rungs of the ladder. Um, I'm excited uh, to see you in the uh, future events and moments that will happen. And uh, I thank you again for taking the time and sharing such an incredible story with us and with me. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again, Laura. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. Lots of love and light to you. Thank you.